this. Lights out and away we go. Be racing in a scooter racing league. When I'm Charlie's grandpa, and I just wouldn't have thought. And here comes the bounty of Hello and welcome back to the Waff Pod. Uh, we're here back after the Belgian Grand Prix. Now, Mitch, go for it. Pronounce it. The Spa Francorchamps Grand Prix. Or the Circuit de Spa Francorchamps. So the Circuit de Spa Francorchamps Grand Prix. That's the wow. one. Well done. Yeah, uh, great weekend. Um, obviously, the race a little bit disappointing, just in the sense that it wasn't as. I'd still say it was relatively exciting and interesting. But it just didn't exceed the potential that it had. I just feel like if you're not a Red Bull fan right now, are you a Formula One fan right now? That is a very valid point to and, make. And it must be tough to watch. And that's the question I think, you know, a lot of people are asking right mm. now. Um, and it, it, it would have been really tough. Like, it's a, it's a 44-lap ra- race, long, um, but it's long a long laps. circuit. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like it went really slow. Like, the middle part of that race just... I mean, to be fair, it doesn't help that it starts at 10.30 p.m. for us. That's true. It's oh, hard to keep the eyes open. I'd love to experience this, actually, in Europe and watching a race <laughs> at the middle of the day. Um, God, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would be lovely. Um, but there were some good points this weekend, and there were a lot of controversies about this format, which we will get into in the episode. But mm. on the WAFPOD, I think we're pretty pretty positive about it. Yeah, and uh, speaking about positivity in mm-hmm. the Woff Pod, wow, we've had a good week. Uh, we um, reached forty-one thousand views different on an Instagram people. reel. Um, Mental. And which we've gained is, a good like forty odd followers. Which uh, if anyone anyone listening for the first time, welcome. Uh, I doubt it. But, <laughs> yeah, I do doubt welcome. it. Welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, posting to the wide web opens yourself to new avenues, and unfortunately, avenues such as hate. Mm. Mm. Hate. Dan. It's it's not even hate half the time. It's yeah, just just snarky, you know fishing. But we, we copped our first hate comment and it was this this bloke who just it, was, it just has a superiority complex, I feel like. Mm. It was very condescending. A fellow Formula One creator. Yeah. Just a bit toxic. Dan. So I, I'll read you out what he said. I think his name's Dan No Skill. Mm-hmm. Dan No Skill. Bro, let's start an F one podcast. But we haven't watched any races. Only jokes, fellas. Keep enjoying the sport and learning new things. All right, virgin. Um, I look. Right. I could, if you left it, if you left out the, but we haven't watched any races, I'd be like, okay, let's That's start funny. a podcast. That's a yeah. funny pot. But you we've know, been doing twenty eight episodes of this, so. And uh, look, I hate to be that bloke, and look, he's got like twenty nine thousand followers, and, he, and some of his videos he does that they do well, and they're mm. pretty interesting. But the fact of the matter is, he has eight hundred and forty posts. Mm. And I'm not saying I was slightly disappointed by the comment and it made me uh, act out, but I went through all 840 posts. (laughs) Now, I know, like, not everybody has the opportunity to do it and it's extremely expensive, but from what I've seen, he's never been to a race in person. And that's not saying he's not a fan, but he's out here calling us out for not being real fans. We've been to two races in person. We're two to come. We're two to come this year alone and a third lined up for next year. So, uh, so good cop on him. that, Dan. Good on him. I think I think the more painful bit was that he got like seventy eight likes. Mm. But when when you get two thousand two hundred and fifty likes and forty forty two thousand views, like you're due you're due a hater, and uh, we'll just take it in our stride and keep going. We promise it hasn't got into our head at all. Um, who would have thought TikTok the more positive 
yeah most positive experience actually i really wasn't expecting that instagram reels just full of hate I even had the f1 woody comment yeah chirpy bastard <laughs> gotta get him on soon yeah absolutely yes well uh this weekend was kind of uh leading into it obviously a lot of expectations around the weather but one thing that wasn't expected was the uh the moves made at alpine so uh otmar mm. bye their sporting later. director alan permain bye he, he had a bad head like he had a he had a kind of shocking lid he um i don't think that really has much to do with oh the, well man if you get rid of one you might as well get rid of the other a bit like b1 yeah. and b2 well otmar copped it you know mm. he's taken on that job from aston martin straight off the bat mm-hmm. loses fernando yeah to where he was mm-hmm. then he loses the next big thing in formula one oscar piastri mm-hmm. and then he cops three double dnfs within a season you can understand why he's had to walk but a lot of that, I feel like you can't really attribute to him directly. So part of me thinks it's stiff, but interesting to see who his rumoured replacement is. It is f- interesting. The favourite to replace him. Um, out of all of possible, you know, directors that you could bring in, if I was Alpine, I would not be bringing in Bonotto. And, I he's, feel like and he's the favourite. He's the favourite. He's the strong favourite. And I feel like that team needs... A fresh start. Someone who's... Like, like you might crack. Mm. Someone who hasn't been in that role before. Someone who's not going to crack, you could say. Under pressure. Um, and Bonotto cracks. So I would be, you know, I'd probably rather have Sebastian Vettel lead that thing than Could Mateo you imagine? Bonotto. Oh my God, that'd be a great um, But I think you look at Otmar, the last five years, he's lost Racing Point. Mm. He's lost Alpine. Mm. He's lost Aston Martin. Mm. He's lost his driver. Mm. It's just sounding like Kvyat right now. Yeah, he's, he's had a tough run. But uh, um, knowing the name and the prestige and his resume, I'm sure he won't struggle for a job, will he? So should we get into this weekend? Obviously, a sprint weekend. And with this new sprint structure, it's been interesting to hear how the internet and Formula One fans have reacted to it in general. Mm. Um, it's interesting in a sense that it's essentially you have your race weekend within your race weekend on the Saturday. And I'm kind of a fan because I found it frustrating how last year you if you qualified well but you didn't have the race pace everything like all the hard work you do in qualifying could get nullified within 11 laps yeah, or however exactly. many laps it is so i kind of liked it in that sense that if you have a shocker qualifying or a shocker sprint shootout that won't directly affect you in one of the races if you get what i mean i i think it's like the way to look at it is with the normal sprint weekend that they had previously um, I think Kevin Magnussen, we saw this the most in Brazil. He got it on pole mm. and then he did nothing in the sprint race. And then it was like, okay, well, I mean, what does that actually mean? Like, yeah, what... undoes all his hard work. And I think it's, you should not have the sprint race interfere with the feature race. Mm. Um, whilst I found the first sprint qualifying that we ever had quite boring because mm. it was Max pole again. Um, it was... It's a nice change. And I, f- I feel like Spa is the perfect weekend to show the change. Yeah. Because it's a lot of fans tune in for Spa. And I feel like it's electric. You're going to get your full atmosphere out of Formula One. And I just and I think... Mean, we saw it. Mm, we, we saw, saw it. it. So, mm. can't be too Thank upset with you, that. Thank you, Oscar Piastri. Exactly. Uh, and like I kind of glossed over, I just like the fact that it gives drivers a second chance if you have a bad Friday. Exactly. If you have a bad Friday, you can still have a strong Saturday and the team can take some results out of the weekend. Just like we saw with Aston Martin. It's not great for the people that love practice 
isn't it? No, that those are the free practice uh, lovers who <laughs> are Massa Swim, Latif, Goat. Yeah, and... not, there's not many of them, but no. uh, we stand strong with you. So, <laughs> should we get into the Friday qualifying? Now, that just sounds weird, doesn't it? I just have already Friday qualifying because it goes Friday qualifying to Saturday qualifying. Yeah, exactly. And then you think, wow, who came where and which qualifying? Exactly. So that's why I've taken the liberty to take some notes. Good. So race qualifying, uh, obviously we had Ricardo out in Q1. We did. Disappointing. Robbed. But he was setting a quick lap and he just mm. went off at turn four and he was about nine tenths up on uh, the cutoff zone at the time. I'm not sure if his time would have been good enough to still hold it, whether the deleted one was, but either way, he was looking good. Um, but the real takeaway from the qualifying and a kind of a theme for the weekend, mm. Piastri out qualifying Norris. Wow. It doesn't happen much. It was a great lap. Um, and it was just a real show. And the start of the weekend, and it was the start of the Oscar Piastri craze. Because, yes, there was hype after Silverstone. Mm. But now it was like... Mm, Full blown. Okay. Everyone is on the Piastri train. Um, he is the future. Yeah, there was a lot of those. And um, we'll get into that because some of the comments I saw were just outrageous considering what I was saying the week earlier. <laughs> the weeks prior. Like people just switch up. Yeah, very quickly. Um, but no, I think the Friday qualifying, like another big talking point was Verstappen. Yep, gearbox penalty. Yeah. Dropped him five places. Even though he set a time 0.8, eight tenths faster than anybody else. I wonder if they took the pole time and they took the time difference between the five <laughs> First to five, if he would still be in pole, because he was nine tenths it was ridiculous. in front. It that, was ridiculous. That doesn't happen unless it's like yeah, changing conditions. And I mean, um, obviously that gifted Leclerc pole, which was a nice surprise, because the Ferraris have just been so hit and miss and inconsistent mm. this year. But it's always good to see a Ferrari on pole or qualifying well or in a good position for the race. So, but yeah, bizarre. Um, not bizarre, because I mean, I didn't expect him to take the penalty, but it's just crazy that he was still able to set such a quick time. And then, like, let's be real. We saw that he was taking the, the five-grid place penalty on, like, Thursday. Mm. And everyone knew where he was going to be starting the race from. Yeah, absolutely. And it was sixth. Everyone knew. So, um, props to him, I guess. We'll touch on what you said uh, about Ferrari being inconsistent. Go for it. It isn't really common to hear a Ferrari fan say that. Um, but... One of our good mates, a Ferrari fan, Ferrari mm. lover, said, this team irritates me because they are just so inconsistent and especially You just never know Charles what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get every weekend. No. You, and you don't know what you're going to get strategy-wise, which we will get into because, oh my God, they did not have the weekend mm. they probably wanted. Mm. So should we get into uh, Saturday? The I think so. shootout. This wow. is, it's just crazy to me that you just get a qualifying and a race on the same day. It's mental. Mm. Like, you're almost better off just buying a Saturday ticket. Better money. That's it. And just... Better worth for your money. Fly out on Sunday, get cheap plane tickets. Genuinely. Accommodation, save some money. Anyway, uh, Piastri, elite, elite. Yeah. His middle sectors, man. Crazy. Oscar Gotastro. That was dreadful. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> um, 0.011 off of pole which is like this much if that nothing to I it. think that's what he was showing to his parents it was, it was, it like was ridiculous and uh, he was asked after how he was so fast in those middle sectors mm. and uh, do you know what his response was what was it 
He said that he attributed it to driving James Hunt's McLaren the other week and said that it gave him big balls. That's my goat. (laughs) That is my goat. I like driving Spa in general, just doesn't give enough big balls. He had to load the (laughs) testosterone up. What a guy. Um, And he's just so cool, calm and collected. You could insult him to his face and he'd just go, yeah, mate, let's go on. Let's move up. Jog on, champ. Yeah, so obviously McLaren's, I mean, Piastri P2 is mental. Like, that's just huge. Mm. How good. Um, We do need to talk about the Aston Martins. I rated it. I rated the bold strategy call. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it it blew up in their face. Yeah. But you've got to go for it. You have to. You just have to. And uh, obviously, a very difficult day for Aston Martin, considering... We'll get into the sprint actual race in a second, but considering both their cars ended up in the barrier on the same day, pretty depressing. But Stroll... He said at the start of the lap, he said, I don't think there's enough temperature in these tyres yet. Or he said they're not warmed up enough. And sure enough, he's going around that last corner and his, his engineer says to him, like, um, there's not enough time, you're just going to have to go for it. And he went for it. And Kravitz is saying, he could be on here, neck minute. The curse. Into the wall. Oh, I th- it was Brundle, sorry, not Kravitz. I think, um, look, Stroll has probably saved himself a little bit saying that he was covering his tracks yeah um well he, he had a pretty good race so we, we can get into that in a second like race result wasn't terrible picked up two points in a tough weekend but yeah um it's just the, that is disappointing because you know you think about aston martin mm. everyone's just going to be saying you know, stroll stroll and stroll mm. when in fact i mean he across the weekend he actually wasn't wasn't too terrible wasn't too bad um mm. which is good that you know but I think Stroll is just, he's coming to the end of the season. Mm. All I want to say from him, this is my challenge for you, Stroll. <laughs> not another collision for the, for the rest of the season. Mm. You think, wow, that'll be so difficult for him. But how many crashes has Lewis been in this year? Mm. How many crashes has Lando been in? Mm. Just stick it out of the wall. Mm. Or do so in Singapore, so I can see it. Yeah, great call. Great call. That's your best one yet. Uh, Alpine set decent times and this was obviously helpful in what happened in the sprint especially for Pierre Gasly but he sat himself in yeah P6 Colley and then Ocon and P9 so no complaints there you've got to be pretty happy with that I reckon I mean especially after last weekend like yeah, I think anything this weekend send off Otmar well and just get a result you know pick I, up some points I just think these two they There's just, never an outlier. They've got to get shit going. They've yeah. got to get it going. Um, and I mean, they they did it again. They mm. did it in the in the race. I mean, mm. I don't know where it came from, mm. um, but it was just the weekend that maybe they needed to start to get these wheels rolling, yeah. get the confidence going into 2024. Mm. So at least you can rock up next season and go, well, hey, I mean, what we did at the end of last season worked. So let's build some build momentum. On that. Let's just mm. build some momentum. So yeah, big back half of the season for them, I think. Yeah, big, absolutely. Big back half. Big summer, silly season. Mm, mm, I like that from you. Mm. So should we get into the sprint? Obviously wet. Big, big spray. Lots of chirp about the spray. Safety car start, wasn't it? Uh, it was... I'm pretty sure it was like a couple of laps under the safety car, which was interesting. Rolling, because it was yeah, too wet. Yeah, start. Mm. Yeah. So that obviously led to some crazy pit stops. Mm-hmm. More about our man Piastri. Uh, they nailed their strategy. 
It appeared pretty I mean, well. I mean, they had to after last week's Hungarian Grand Prix. Valid point. But he they pits in the first lap and is leading at one point in the second. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't be upset with that. What is the stat? It was the first race leader. Since the first rookie to lead a race since you know who. The Sir. Sir Lewis Hamilton. It's such a wild stat to think about because you look at the amount of rookies Both we've in a McLaren. There you go. Wow. There's McLaren similarity to that. McLaren is the breeding, the breeding ground, I would say. But, I mean, Piastri wasn't really bred by uh, McLaren, was he? Stolen. Not to the extent that Hamilton was. He's more of a stolen child. <laughs> as in, nicked out of a seat the last minute. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can't be upset with that. Awesome. Especially if you're Australian. Unfortunately, obviously, uh, although he was great in the middle sectors, mm. and we did start to see how McLaren's were struggling in a straight line, not very quick, not sure whether that was just due to the uh, configurations of their car this weekend. Mm. Um, but obviously, in that middle sector, he was able to make up enough ground to hold off P3, uh, who was Pierre Gasly, which is immense. Uh, another great pitch strategy from Alpine to get him there. Which really flew under the radar, I felt. Yeah, completely. Just, like, you were not seeing anything anywhere about it. Well, it's always just awesome seeing him do well at uh, Spa, especially for Antoine. Like, that's just awesome. I wonder how many people had on their bingo list uh, Verstappen, Piastri and Gasly in a race after Bahrain. No one. <laughs> Absolutely Literally no one could have predicted people. that. And I don't think zero anyone people. could have predicted... Even from Piastri. the start of this weekend. Mm. I don't think anyone would pick that order. Um, but yeah, oh, bring up Alonso again. It was his birthday on Saturday. And he went off and DNF'd on his birthday. That's just depressing. I, I reckon there's something about birthday and there's always like a, a curse in Formula 1. On the next episode, we'll discuss it because I reckon this has happened before to someone. Really? And uh, Alonso... Is this just in the back of your head? Yeah, I've, I've, I reckon I've seen this before. Can't put a can't put a name to it, but it's in the back no. of your head. Okay, well, that's the birthday curse. There's some research in that. Now uh, we've obviously done pretty well to go this far and talking about the sprint without bringing it up. But uh, Hamilton's penalty, mm. interesting for mine. Uh, I think it probably is a penalty because he's off that racing line. But the reason it's interesting is what we'll talk about shortly in the actual race. In the yes. sense that there's a little bit of inconsistency this weekend. And they love a bit of inconsistency. Yeah, and I do feel for Hamilton because you could almost see like his back end almost like hang out because mm. of the lack of grip under the wet conditions. I, I, like It's one of those 50-50 ones where you'd understand if they label it as a racing incident, mm-hmm. and then you can also understand why they've given the penalty. I just think it was... The, the thing that made it really... Difficult, and what put the asterisk on that situation was the conditions. Mm. And you know, you saw a lot of people talking about the conditions, like in dry conditions. That's a penalty every day of the week, and everyone agrees with that. Mm. But at a little because bit of it wet, was wet, because he lost a bit of grip, because his backhand swung out a little bit. Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, Thankfully, he got a decent result in the race to make up for it anyway, didn't he? He was P4, wasn't he? P4. Memory? Yeah, so can't be upset with that. Not a podium, but you still no. take P4. Absolutely. Speaking of the race, should we get into it? I don't really think there's much more to talk about from that sprint race. There's only 11 laps of it after all, and it was rain-affected. It was the great rain prediction on Saturday. Yeah, we all knew there was going to be some rain this there weekend, was wasn't there? rumours about mm. lap one rain, lap two rain, so they mm. have to start on sauce and then go pit. 
And then it was dry. And then there was only 40% chance of rain. And then there was only rain in one corner. <laughs> then there was, racing, there was rain in half the circuit. And then it was gone all of a sudden. Quite the, quite the race. And Twitter wasn't able to keep up with it. We had people outside doing weather tests in Belgium. It was all happening. Uh, you had people comparing it to the rain we are getting in London. Yeah, <laughs> it was all happening. But that's just what happens when you have a rain-affected sport or where a sport where rain can uh, majorly impact proceedings. So, mm. uh, interesting. Now, obviously, got to talk about the first lap and Oscar Piastri's first career DNF. Carlos Sainz. Hmm. You... It's okay to be wrong. Yeah, just you can admit fault. Like, you're allowed to do that. You, you can say, I, I messed up. It's, I'm sorry. Maybe there's some tax on this. Maybe it's a little bit of Australian tax. Mm. But surely that's a penalty. I guess what makes it really difficult is because the spa first corner is mm. really wide. Mm. And then it goes really narrow. And you kind of go mm. around this really slow cornering bend. Mm. But the thing I look at is Carlos Sainz. Locking. You had a skill issue. He's locked up. Yeah, exactly. He's locked up and come across and cut out his cut out that line. And like, sure, it was an aggressive line into a narrow corner. Mm. But if Sainz doesn't lock up, he's through. Yeah. So... And they, they both make it. Um, and um, everyone going, rah, 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 piastri, yeah. shouldn't have lunged there. Oh, well, in hindsight, when you're going mm. 100, 150 plus at the start of a race, I mean... And do you know the funny thing is, this is the first time we saw some anger from Piastri... And his voice still sounded like calm. Mm. Like he wasn't even, he didn't even raise his voice. He was just like, he's hit me. He's, tur- he's completely turned into me there. But like he said it so calmly. It's like, is this guy ever going to get angry? Like what does it take to piss this guy off? Genuinely. I, I actually wonder what would annoy Oscar Piastri. Oh, mate. I, I couldn't tell you. He must have the best media team in the entire world. Oh, they must have the easiest job on earth. Mark Webber must have, like, brainwashed him or something and just held him under control because he, it's like, we're just trying to test him now. Mm. Like, what's it going to take? Now, at the end of the day, the fact there was no penalty didn't really impact anybody because obviously they both picked up damage that ended up, ended up ending both their races. But, um,. It was still kind of funny just because it triggered all the Hamilton fans. It did. Which, like, obviously, you can understand why they're upset, but it, it, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. It triggered every single Lewis Hamilton fan. They just spawned out of nowhere. And, I mean, it was fair enough. There was inconsistency, mm. and you can understand why they'd be disappointed. But it's kind of funny. Uh, and I feel like a turn one incident... Mm. Is very different mm. to a race incident. Mm. So, mm, mm. write that, write those notes down. Yes. I, I'm sure they looked at that. Now, one thing that we did speak about as the race progressed is just how long it took Ferrari to retire signs. Which <sighs> I thought was very interesting. Like, why waste the mileage on the engine in a season that's been so full of engine changes and gearbox changes? Like, why waste the mileage? You don't need any data... You've been racing that often, put in that many laps this weekend. It just didn't make sense to me why they kept him out of there for so long. He was just losing positions and not really gaining anything out of it. What data are you collecting? Oh, well, as you can see, with the car, when it has damage, it's still slow. So let's keep him out there for 40 laps and we can see if the car gets any slower. Hopefully someone who's uh, got a little bit more knowledge surrounding the data realm and 
Ferrari's strategy might be able to tell us what happened if they listen. But please explain. For now, I've got absolutely no clue. Uh, absolutely no clue what the fuck happened. Now, obviously, uh, this was Red Bull's race. Mm-hmm. Um, like every other race. Yeah. So a one-two. Mm-hmm. Verstappen is just. I. I don't. I'm. I'm running out of words to explain what's happening every race weekend without just sounding like a broken record. It's the same shit, different country, different time. Like, I don't fucking get it. What do you need to do? That's eight wins in a row. It's... It, you know what? It's just ridiculous. Like, I, I I get it. Like, he's really good. He's in a really good car. But how does he not just, like... Make, make a mistake, one maybe? One mistake. He, I used to compare him a lot to Harland. Like, they're both mm. robots. No, he's, he's, he's not even Harlan anymore. He's like the mm. Terminator of Formula One. No, he's ridiculous. He's just, nom, every apex, bang, perfect, straight on. It's it's actually a joke. Um, one thing we didn't talk about uh, earlier on in the qualifying session was about uh, Max Verstappen and his relationship with his race engineer, GP. Very funny. Mm, Those two, like, go back and forth like a married couple. It's hilarious. And it's just perfect. Like, you can tell they're really close good mates because... They get so revved up at each other over the microphone, and then as soon as they get that inevitable result, they're just happy again. Like, oh, that was the, the, a perfect decision from you. Yeah, um, right. it, it's ridiculous. And they just get away with so much. Like, even the mistake they made in qualifying, which almost ended up with him missing out on Q3, mm. they were able to laugh about it afterwards because he put the car on fucking P1. I saw, a, I saw an interesting thing that Max said. Mm. He said the Belgium Grand Prix was actually far more difficult than what it looked and he was surviving to get through through the laps. Is that right? Because if I'm not wrong, I do remember him saying something about struggling to grip the wheel. He did nearly crash. But then he did. He almost went off around erosion and that would be mm. fucking mental. But then a lap later, he goes, should I put my foot down and then we can go in and practice a pit stop? Rah, 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 rah. What? What? How? How is that even like the fact that he can even joke about that is a joke in itself? It's good he's a fast driver because he's not funny. So, very good point. And I mean, I saw a lot of people arguing that like he's a cocky bastard, and this is just proving <laughs> that F one's gone boring. And uh, get get your point, but when you're that good, you can say whatever the fuck you want. I reckon. Mm, there's. I actually wonder, like, what he's doing out the front. What he's even thinking about. He has to be getting bored at this point. He's going to be listening to music. Like, he's... Generally, just music through the radio. Like, at this point... When you're 20 seconds in front, you're just... And he's holding his pace as well. Yeah. Like, how is he so determined to hold his pace? Like... Mm. Well, I mean, the fact that he was over, able to overtake Perez so easily and then just shoot away and get, like, a 30-second lead was also mental. Um... Perez obviously had some cops, some tough words this week in the media from mm. Helmet, saying that now he's accepted that he's not going to compete for the championship. He can go back to being a good teammate to Max, which is brutal. Um, but unfortunately, F1's a brutal sport, and that is just facts. But one thing I do think Max would be upset about this weekend is losing the fastest lap. Mm. Lewis Hamilton, sneaky bastard. He did. Went in, pitted on the softs, came back out, and smashed it. In the last lap of the race. So, massive props to him, I guess. He's, he's not going to be happy about that. I think... Uh, Any dropped point. Mm -mm. I know. Wow. That's... Could be one one race earlier. <laughs> um, what I will say, though, with mm. Max dominating the sport so much, it really makes Perez look really mm. bad. And mm. what I mean by that is 
I was watching it and I'm thinking, wow, Verstappen is 20 seconds in front and equal machinery. I mean, obviously equal machinery catered to Max, but still the same car. How is that even possible? It's, it's like a joke, they, He passes him and then he's through him and, and he gains 20 seconds. Like, mm. What is Perez doing when Max is in P1? Is he listening to music? It, it's bizarre, man. It's honestly just absurd. Like, it's absurd. And then finally, just touching on that Ferrari uh, strong weekend, Leclerc rounding it out with a P3, obviously with the signs DNF, but podium, that's excellent. Um, speaking of podiums and trophies, Red Bull's got a problem. They've broken another one. Did you see that? They're tagging the piss. Now, to be honest, I see them do that celebratory, like, photo, and then they, like, spray the Red Bulls and jump out. And, like, mm. every weekend they do it. And I was, I've literally had a thought, a thought, like, last year, like, how do they not knock the trophies over? Because they just run past them. And sure enough, one of the blokes just kicks it over and it gets bloody, like, destroyed. They've just got so many, they don't care anymore. They, they can break, like, 60 of them. They'll still just have another 80 at the factory just chilling. I wonder, like, it's a joke. I wonder if the drivers keep them at their house or if they're at the factory because... They've got that many of them, man. This bloke's going to have to move. move they got out. enough storage room? It's oh. like Lewis a couple of years ago when he picked up his 100th uh, qualifying pole and then he's like, I don't know where these tyres go. And then Stroll's like, I've only got one. I know exactly where it is. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm. I mean, um, I don't think Monaco's big enough to house that. Nah, he's, he's got the entire storage facility buildings in uh, Milton Keynes. <laughs> um, the highlight of my weekend, actually, and the closest battle we had mm. was Ferrari and Red Bull placing stickers on each other's, <laughs> yeah, on each other's that, garage. Um, Ferrari struck first. Mm. Um, they didn't really put in a good location, and then mm. Red Bull struck back. So <laughs> maybe we'll have the stickers strike back in uh, after this silly season. God, that was stupid. Hopefully, they get creative. I mean, that just shows how bored they are because they're playing with stickers on a race weekend. <laughs> they're just uh, taking the piss. They are. They have to be. It's a joke. Now, do you know one thing we forgot to speak about last weekend, and which struck again this weekend? Mm-hmm. The Rosberg curse. I really like Nico Rosberg. I really do. Because yeah, he got beat a bit of Lewis a, Hamilton. A little bit of a bromance for him. Because he beat Lewis Hamilton in equal machinery and he's blonde, right? Yeah. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with Lewis Hamilton and that he dislikes Lewis Hamilton. But it's, it's the fact that he broke up an era of brilliance. Mm, he just and made it interesting. Nico Rosberg is a pretty good looking, pretty yeah. good looking unit. But yeah. And uh, he's just started cursing blokes, which is just alpha as fuck. I know. He loves it. He loves then, absolutely uh, every bit of it. And uh, they, just, they just don't seem to care. Like, uh, he doesn't seem to care. He's just happily off for cursing people. And then um, McLaren just basically shot themselves in the foot, put up that silly sign. And uh, as a result, Rosberg to themselves. It's, um, I think it just shows that the commentating team is getting bored of their predictions or the analysis because they're going, how can we make it interesting? We'll all start I, cursing them. All I ask is that Nico Rosberg takes a selfie in front of the Red Bull garage, the first first race back at Zandvoort after this break, mm. just to make it interesting. You know what, though? I reckon that about wraps up uh, this weekend. Bloody, there's a lot to talk about, wasn't there? When those sprint weekends, I'm actually starting, they're starting to grow on me. I'm not going to lie. It was good, and it was good to see F2 and F3 there. Mm. Ollie Berman, mm. stop listening to the podcast. Man, as soon as we as soon as soon we <laughs> chirped him, he's turned into a freak. 
Um, he didn't win the race, but he had a good weekend mm. um, doing him on the race. And what a guy. It was gifted, but what a guy. Excellent. Excellent um, uh, safety car. And I saw that Enzo Fittipaldi. That's back-to-back, just quietly. Won a Jack sprint Dillon. race. Back-to-back feature races. And yeah, Enzo won the sprint. The shark, they call him. What a guy. Um, should we get on to a, a, new, a new segment? I've a new you. segment. Now, I'm, I'm scared that you've been looking over at my notebook here. And I'm I actually away. can't read your writing, mate. Okay. This is the spelling bee. Oh, no. <laughs> now, I know what Mitch is like with his spelling. A future teacher. English teacher. Mm-hmm. And I've given you two terms or words that I want you to spell. Yep. The first one, Spa Francochamps. Go for it. I say S-P-A. You've smashed it. Hyphen. Hyphen. Wow. F-R-A-N. Mm-hmm. C mm-hmm. O mm-hmm. M P A S. Oh, I had to be close, dude. You just went Spa Frank Comps. You forgot the whole Shomps. Oh. It's S P A hyphen F R A N C O R C H A M P S. Points for effort. The next one. This is the difficult one. The difficult. You thought one. that one was hard. Oh, here we this go. This one's even more. Otmar Sofner. <laughs> O-T-M-A-R. Banged it. Wow. The last name. S-Z-F... Mm-hmm. That's oh, already wrong. A-U-N-A. <laughs> yeah, you're very wrong. Oh, enlighten me. You got Otmar right. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, wow. But Zafnor is spelled... S-Z-A-F-N-A-U-E-R. To be honest, you did a lot better than I thought you would. So I went Os- Otmar Snuff. Yeah, Snuff. Snuffow. Points for effort. I reckon there's some potential in that segment. Mm. I reckon uh, you just might have to look out for difficult words every race weekend now. Because okay. I just might test you about them. Next week we'll go, spell Zanvort. <laughs> that, one's, reckon- that one's a bit of a givey, I reckon. Oh, I don't know. I reckon it could be a trick question. All right, we'll have to see next week. Maybe I'll ask you about it. No, because I'll study it. So I'll have it written on my bedroom exactly. So which segment do you want to get into next? Do we want to get into everybody's new favourite segment, true or false? Or are you going to give me a would you rather first? Let's go into everyone's favourite because you're on a roll. Okay, so this is the true or false of this week. Oh, no. Now, for reference, don't forget, the last two true or falses... Mm-hmm. Have been true. So a due or false? Or have I just double bluffed you? Oh, is he going for the triple? The All triple right. header. So true or false? Mm-hmm. There is a team owner who on the morning of a race replaced one of his team's drivers to compete in a Grand Prix. However, due to a plethora of incidents on the first lap, the race was red flagged then abandoned. True or false? <laughs> Oh, it's so stupid. It has to be true. It has to be true? It has to be true. It's false. That is the plot of Iron Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they hired a new driver. You've been baited, mate. You've been baited. Next Monaco Grand Prix, I better see the the, 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 the Stark, chain guy. The Stark Industries car. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need to rewatch Iron Man 2. And so do you. I can't believe you bit on that. 
I really thought you were going to go false. Well, no, it would have been like in the 1966 Grand Prix, yeah. uh, Graham Smith brought in <laughs> James or, Hatting. Or Jake, and, Jake, uh, Jack Brabham got in his own car. And, uh, and there was a massive monsoon where four cars flooded. No, nah, mate, you just got absolutely baited. Oh, I cannot believe that worked. That is excellent. All right. True or false, mate? It's a, it's it's alive and kicking. And I am. Oh no, you got the first one right, didn't you? So you're one and two. I am. I'm one and now, two. Now I'm thinking of adding to that segment. And a I bit wanna, like I want to hear your thoughts. Um, what do you think about if I, after giving you the question, mm-hmm. you get to ask one, either why, who, where, when, what question? Yeah. But I get to veto one of them. Mm-hmm. So if I said when and you said Monaco Grand Prix, I probably still would have gone... Where? If you said where and I yeah. said Monaco, yeah. you probably would have gone, hmm, no. If you went why, I would have gone, oh, because the team owner had a terminal illness and wanted to drive a car. And you probably would have been like, yeah, that's fucking false. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I reckon that could be interesting. Maybe we'll maybe we'll that introduce that next week when we bring up a... When we have a special uh, break, summer break episode. So uh, I reckon it's time for the Would You Rather's. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm expecting big things because the last two weeks, you have not given me one. <laughs> and I've had to fucking bring them, like, think of them on the spot for you. And I've put some, put some effort into these uh, true or false. So I'm yeah, expecting big things. Right? That was really good. Um, the first Would You Rather. Imagine you are a rookie driver. I'm You've rookie just driver. landed yourself at the new hot ticket of Audi. Audi. Okay. Um, they have developed a car that is insanely fast. And How fast are we talking? Podiums? Or? Championship contender. Wow. Your rival is either going to be prime Max Verstappen or prime Lewis Hamilton. Which one do you think you have a better chance of beating and why? Mm. Wow. You can hear the thoughts. I'm going to have to say I'll take Lewis Hamilton just based on the fact that he's lost two championships while he was contending before mm. and we haven't seen Max lose one yet. Now, with that being said, Lewis is scary clutch at the back end of a season. Yeah. And I don't think I have that clutch gene in me against him and he would wipe the floor with me. But this is a math-based answer. Yeah. On percentage and probability... I'm taking Lewis Hamilton just because we haven't seen Max Verstappen lose in a situation like that yet. I'm, I'm going to be honest. If you raced prime Lewis Hamilton and you were I'm leading, wiped. and you were leading by seventy points at the end of the silly season, I'd be live betting you to lose that championship, and I would be getting money for that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. If you raced prime uh, Verstappen. Mm. I don't know, you'd live in second place, mm. I reckon. Mm. But I feel like you'd get more, you'd probably come closer mm. racing Lewis Hamilton. Well, have you got a hot take? I do. Out the episode? I do. And now, it is, is, it, is it based on this summer break that we're finally entering? Absolutely not. Excellent. It's based on uh, Red Bull. Okay. Uh, this will be our last Red Bull hot take, hopefully. The, I believe it's RB19. Mm-hmm. The RB19 will be the greatest Formula One car of all time. That is a cold take, brother. We're entering the summer break and it hasn't lost a race. But think about the McLaren, like, 
Yeah, I, I get what you mean, but like the like greatest, the, the greatest <laughs> car in Formula One history. Okay, like I feel like it's going to be difficult for people to perceive it as that mm. at the moment. But I feel like that's very likely with the way mm. that this season is panning out because it hasn't lost a race yet. Everyone will just go Farmers League. So easy. For well, that did car you see win. that Max has equaled um, um, Michael Schumacher's record of winning? Uh, equaled like ten of the first twelve races of a season. Or winning ten out of the first, yeah, winning ten of the first twelve races out of a season. So if he wins the next race, mm. he sets a record of winning. Like, and where's the next race? Zandvoort. Oh, it's so it's which is so a happen. home race. Um. I've got a, I'm pretty confident who's going to win that race. I don't know why. I reckon they'll be trying everything. I think it's going race. to be Oscar Piastri in front of the adoring crowd <laughs> of Orange, who are obviously all there for McLaren. I think um, it'd be really cool if they hadn't won a Grand Prix leading up to Singapore. Mm. We get to Singapore, we're mm. like, wow, there's a chance here. Mm. Red Bull win that Dude, one, Red Bull win Japan. Imagine if we see Oscar Piastri's maiden F1 win. I reckon there's more chance we get struck by lightning <laughs> on Mount Fuji than see Oscar Piastri win one of those two races. Yeah, you probably. I think yeah. I'm gonna have to agree. Um, well, have you got much else, mate? I think it's about time we won. I don't. I want to hold these these uh, would you rather's later for the yeah, season. Yeah, good idea. So obviously we've got this four week break now. Mm-hmm. We're gonna to try to do at least two podcasts. Yep. I've got an idea. I think what we're gonna do is a mid season grading mm-hmm. which was a bit of a clusterfuck when we did it last year so hopefully we'll be more prepared this year mm, and actually have plus. them actually have them written down before we get there instead of just going yeah i got yuki sonoda on a c plus and carlos signs on a c plus too go figure how that works out and then i also want to do a way too early but kind of not too early anymore uh seat prediction for next year like a good prediction for teams i can predict one thing that i reckon will happen in silly season and that's it at the moment, yes. We'll hold on to it. Don't say it now. Oh. That's what the episode's for, mate. Wow. Well, I reckon it's... that's about it. Got anything else to say, mate? I'm uh, I'm all Formula one out yeah. for the, uh, this half so of the season. I think, I think I'm ready for this break just as much as the drivers are. I feel like we just had the break because we had that four-week gap after the Australian Grand Prix <laughs> and that was enough for me. Yeah, and now we've got another four. Well, well I can't wait for Alpha Tower to come back after the break and be winning <laughs> races. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening.